This episode of The Backdrop, Untold Stories in Golf, is brought to you by New Club Golf Society, a humble community of golfers connected by our love for the game. Follow us on social media with the handle New Club Golf. Zach Blair, welcome to The Backdrop, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you on. What, uh, with this current hiatus, what's, what's life in ZB world like right now? What's the day in the life? you know a lot of days that are the same honestly kind of wake up if it's good weather get out and play 18 holes um got a couple buddies i play with we play in like an hour 45 back home you know early get to play with the dogs and then just a lot of cleaning up and organizing and trying to order stuff and yeah it's it's uh every day is like exactly the same it's wild what what are yeah groundhogs day right yeah (laughs) what are the uh, the courses? Did, did they shut down in Utah, or they they've been remained open? So some of the city and county courses, like down in Salt Lake, closed. Nothing's open in Park City yet. It's too early. But our country club um, opened the whole time, and it's in unbelievable shape. Our our whole like super and grounds crew is just like slaying it right now. It's unbelievable, like the best I've ever seen it in my entire life, and. Yeah, so it's it's been nice to have that and get a play, get a, get out early and no don't have to wait on anybody. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I saw you were uh doing some spring cleaning and getting some things uh shipped out. You're you were selling a bunch of your tour gear, right? And raising some money. Why don't you tell us a little bit about where that where that cash is going? Uh yeah, so we donated it to the first responders. Um I was cleaning out like the closets, had all this stuff. Um, you know, honestly, like I would say like 70% of it was brand new and it was just sitting in my closet. Um, whether it was like old shirts, um, with, you know, old sponsors that I didn't wear anymore or just shirts that I had bought at places and hadn't worn. And the rule was kind of like, if I hadn't worn it in a year, or if it was brand new in there with old sponsors that I was going to give it away. That was the plan. Originally, I was just going to list them all for $0 and uh, just let people, you know, get, get after it. And then somebody was like, Hey, you should, uh, you know, raise some money for the first responders. And we were like, yeah, that's a good idea. I kind of screwed up making it only $10. Um, so that's why we decided to at least match it. So me and TVC matched it and you know, we made like $5,000, nothing crazy, but every little bit helps. That's right, man. No, I just thought it was cool. Like take, take something that you need to do anyways and, and, uh, put it out there and send to a good cause. It's great. Um, so what, what's your PGA tour cohorts, man? Are you guys like doing zoom happy hour calls like the rest of us? Like (laughs) how are you guys staying connected? What's the vibe like on tour right now? I mean, honestly, I'm always with my wife, um, you know, so I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like extremely close with too many of the guys out there. Um, so I don't talk to many of the people that much. Um, but yeah, I see a bunch of people doing that and I know it's kind of a weird time. Um, I know that I'm doing that with all of my friends. So, um, it's wild, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I, I'm we're running out of same thing, right? Like our members are doing happy hours and, and yeah. playing golf trivia games, and there's only so much you can do via the, you know, the connection here. But it, it, we gotta do what we gotta do. Everything shut down there, right? Or 
Yeah, Chicago's uh, completely shut down. Golf courses, parks um, for the state, actually. Uh, Indiana's still open, so there's courses taking precautions and, and still yeah. open over there. So if you want to get in the car, you can drive. But yeah. uh, no, it's mostly short game, work indoors, man, putting mat yeah. stuff. For I sure. actually watched... I don't. I don't think I should admit this, but I think I watched you putt for like thirty-five minutes on your uh, perfect putting robot the other night. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's money, man. It's uh, yeah, it really grooves the stroke in. You can you can make a lot of putts with that thing. I wish I could take it out on the course. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so rhythmic. It's hard to not watch. I mean, it was. Uh, it, how does it work? It just locks you in. Can you like change the settings on the stroke or? Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of change, you know, the plane to, you know, make it more straight back, straight through or get an arc in there or whatever you want. Um, but yeah, the putter just, um, has a little thing that locks in and it just kind of like follows the track. But for me mainly, I have a pretty like unconventional setup and stroke and everything. So I just wanted to get it to like really, be able to get in the same position a lot, feel what that position felt like, and then just like feel what, you know, what it's supposed to be like. And it's been good. I've, I've enjoyed it. That thing's expensive, but, um, I mean, it's worth it for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to watch too. I, you know, you did inspire me to, um, uh, make some changes in my golf game and I have a very timely question for you. So I went arm bar. And yeah. I, I went arm bar with like a 32 inch putter, like was what I was putting with. I, I go kind of over quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I finally got an actual arm bar putter. Um, my first round putting arm bar with, with that thing was actually with your boy Tron. And <laughs> it was, it was a bloodbath on the greens, man. I was, <laughs> I was terrible. And he just kept looking at me like, dude, you're in transition. It's okay. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I noticed with the actual arm bar I got now, th there's so much more arc in, in my putting stroke because I'm, I'm more of a straight-faced putter. I have been. Yeah. Um, can you – is it like just a fitting thing for me? If I want to remain a, a straight-back, straight-through putter, should I like get more upright, get something fitted? Or do you think it, it, with the arm bar you actually have to have more arc? I think you could tweak it a little bit with some fitting or you know a, maybe a little longer putter. Or I think there are definitely ways to kind of get around that. But I would say you probably are going to see like, you know, a little more arc just in general with that stroke. It seems like a lot of the guys that putt that way, it is kind of like that because it just follows, you know, like your big muscles and your shoulder and that just automatically comes inside a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think you can get, get around that a little bit. All right, I'll send you some bids. <laughs> um more more importantly than my putting stroke what's life been like since finding out you're going to be a dad yeah exciting <clears throat> um you know um yeah we're pumped kind of due in august so um a couple more months and this has kind of been cool to at least spend a little more time than normal together you know usually she travels a lot with me, but you know, there's sometimes where she doesn't and I'm kind of out on the road alone and she's home alone. So, uh, it's been cool to kind of just, I mean, we spend every day together. It's been, it's been fun. So we're, we're definitely looking forward to it. Little baby boy. And, uh, yeah, man, hopefully he likes golf. <laughs> with a name like Charles Blair. I mean, <laughs> that's, that is quite an homage uh with your your firstborn's name man i thought it was so cool 
Are you going to, like the rest of us that, you know, are coming up on those fatherhood years, are you worried about like your golf going down or, or is it not possible for a PGA Tour player to like worry about that? You, you know, uh, I think a lot of people, golf is just kind of like a hobby or whatever. So when they have a kid, you know, they kind of get the, hey, like you got to come home now. Um, with a, like a professional golfer, I think it's a little more like you can still go golf, um, you know, cause that's, that's where we make our money, you know, that's how we take care of the family. So, um, you know, she's planning on traveling a lot and, and honestly, in the last couple of years, I've toned down the golfing when I'm home, um, like on those weeks off. I mean, I used to just come home and play more golf here than I would out there. Uh, but the last couple of years, I've toned it down a little bit, tried to recharge the batteries a bit. And uh, yeah, so hoping hoping it doesn't change much, but I'm sure we'll have, you know, some little changes and challenges. Yeah. And that little guy will start joining you at some yeah, point. Hopefully. Uh, so something I'm, I'm always so fascinated with you, Zach, is the uh, as a guy who runs a, a golf club without real estate, and, and I don't, I don't even have the intention of getting real estate, but you know, you've been running a golf club without real estate, working on, uh, getting real estate and, and you've built something, you know, pretty incredible. I mean, I, I think a lot of people look at what, what I do at new club and think, oh, that's just fun and games, you know, like you're just the party planner and, and there's actually a lot of freaking work that goes into it. So I know, I know what you built. I know how, how much you've put into it all while playing golf at the highest level. And so what I've always been fascinated by with you is how you've been able to, frankly, manage your time between, you know, the, the passion project of the Buck Club and TBC and and then playing such great golf like you did last year. Like, give us a sense of, of how you how you kind of manage your time. Um, I mean, honestly, we have like just so much downtime on the road. Uh, especially like those weeks I'm saying that my wife's not there. It's like, I go to the golf course, I play, and then I go back to the hotel and have nothing to do like the rest of the day, you know, maybe go see a movie or get some food. But I mean, you know, airports, traveling on the road, um, after rounds, all of that stuff is just like a perfect, it's a perfect outlet for me to be able to kind of put my attention somewhere without going stir crazy. And, you know, fortunate enough to have a bunch of people that supported it and new people supporting it. And it's been really cool to kind of see where it's gone and all the changes and transformations of the whole thing. And then finally kind of coming back to where, you know, we originally wanted it. So it's been it's been pretty fun to see all that and, you know, very thankful for all the all the support. Talk a little bit about the the people who support, you know, because I think. I, I was drawn to, to obviously your passion for the game. You know, it's contagious. Um, but then I started meeting all these people that have been supporters of TBC since day one. And, you know, the events you put together with the ringer. What, what do you think is like the type of person that you've, you've attracted here? Like what, what would you try to try to put them into like a, a uh, I don't want to say stereotype, but like a, a template of a golfer that is appealed to, to the, the buck club? Honestly, I, I just think like people that love golf more than anything, that's kind of like what we're after. That's been really what it's shifted to over the last couple of years 
is just really trying to target those people that love golf. And I, I think if you truly love golf and all of like that stuff that goes with it, I think you're going to be the type of person that supports this vision and is kind of on board um, with all of that. And if you're not, you know, it's not for everybody, but that's kind of like, you know, those golf degenerates that, you know, play golf all day, want to get up and go play more. Um, those are kind of the guys that it seems like really fall in line and, you know, want to get behind it. So it's been cool. And, you know, that's kind of like what I am. So it's just meeting a bunch of people that are like me. So it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been a blast to support too, man. Just meeting more golf degenerates who, you know, <laughs> sun up to sundown, if they can, they'll do it. Yeah. But I, I think it's cool too, like how you start to see all these other interests these guys have and, you know, golf's number one, right? Yeah. Guys and gals. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's a pretty diverse group when, when you get past just the love of golf, it's yeah. a pretty diverse group of people from like all careers, all types yeah. of different, you know, professors, artists. It's, it's really neat, man. Yeah. And that, again, that's kind of like that, that's kind of the whole thing is we want it to be the type of place where no matter what you do, no matter your background, where you're from, you know, your profession, all of that stuff, where you went to school, any of that, if you play professionally, amateur, whatever, when you're on property or when you're with those guys, like that, that's all that really matters is that you're there to play golf and have fun. So, um, it's, it's, pretty spectacular to see that kind of like coming you know all those people coming together and supporting something so it's awesome and as your hat so well alludes j just play fast yeah exactly. or don't play or don't play slow just don't play <laughs> slow <laughs> exactly um so i mean it's been building for a, a several years now just kind of the community around it H have you paused to kind of think about how it's going to feel when tbc um, gets built. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's been cool. The last few months, honestly, have had so much more downtime than I've ever had in my life. So I've kind of been able to focus on it a little bit and, um, you know, definitely got the wheels turning a lot more than, um, maybe the past couple of years when I was busy. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to, you know, some big things coming up and, I think everybody will be pretty excited and those people that have supported it will be pumped and it'll be really cool. And, you know, I don't want to say a lot of people will, you know, be eating their words, but I think a lot of people will kind of be able to take a step back and be like, man, I think I, I might've been wrong about that whole thing, which will be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard your vision for the actual <laughs> club, like the, uh, I call it the culture kind of, um, and yeah. you just described the people and, and what that'd be. What do you think the golf world, you know, will, would you think it'll be controversial when, when it's, you know, memberships formed and, and people are playing golf? Do you think it's going to be controversial? Do you think it's going to be embraced by, uh, you know, your, your traditional hundred year old clubs? Like, have you thought about that or do you, do you care? Is it something you don't even really care about? Cause you're just, it's your passion project and you're, you're doing it. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm like pretty traditional, you know, there are some things that, um, I don't care as much about whether it's, you know, like music or, you know, what you're wearing or anything like that. So I, I could definitely see some areas people maybe kind of, you know, going like what's going on over there. 
but for the most part, you know, it's just going to be like people playing golf and that's all we're really worried about. So, um, the people that kind of know and understand it, I think are going to have no problem with it. And maybe the people on the outside, you know, might be a little, um, distracted by some of the other stuff, but uh, I'm not too worried. Let's talk about the bones of the golf course or any, any golf course. You're an architecture nut, right? And something I actually don't know is uh, where that started for you. Where did you get into the architectural side of the game? From an, er, like my dad uh, owned and operated golf courses. So I've just been around it my entire life, whether it's, um, you know, watching him route and design holes or golf you know golf courses that you know we had growing up um and then obviously getting to play all these really cool places and i think it really kind of clicked at the greenbrier one year i think my rookie year on tour you know where i saw some of those template holes and just some stuff that's so you know different than what you see week to week with some of those you know rainer holes and um yeah, I, I think I left that going like, wow, I need to learn more about like this guy and like what was going on here with him and CB McDonald. Uh, and that's kind of really that aha moment for me where I really got into it. Yeah. And your dad was quite a player too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played at BYU. He was on a good team with a, you know, a bunch of players. They all had their tour card at the same time. He played, you know, conditionally for a couple of years out on the PGA Tour and, you know, won a bunch of state opens and yeah, he's, he's a legend. Does he still give you a little run for your money occasionally? Yeah. You know, if we can get on a course that's firm, um, and we usually play, we usually like the best game that we can play is where he can move up a couple of tees to where we hit our drives in a similar spot. And, uh, it's still not that fair because then I still hit like one or two clubs less than him probably or at least one but yeah i mean he, he beats me just as often as i beat him i would say He's wow really good. that, that yeah. probably makes him feel good i'm sure <laughs> um so you, you mentioned the greenbrier and, and template holds you know i i remember t we had andy johnson on and one thing we were talking about is how he he still tries to play some amateur golf and um how he plays worse at the courses that he likes better from an architectural standpoint because uh, he's always looking at, you know, where hidden pins are and, and everything else. Um, and, and he actually plays better at the places that he wouldn't really say are, are you know, architecturally that interesting. Um, I'm curious for you, like, I, you I, actually, I've seen, you know, when you are at places like out in Hawaii, I know you had a great finish and uh, those places that do have a lot of <laughs> architectural merit. Uh, do you think that you play better? Is, is there a difference for you? Are you just at that level or it doesn't matter? I've kind of always told people um, I've played good everywhere and I've not played good everywhere. Um, it's just totally, for me at least, and everyone's different, honestly, but for me, totally just depends how I'm playing that week. I've never been the type of person that goes into a course, you know, going like, man, I always play good here. You know, I'm going to have a good week. Some people are like that. You know, you see it in people's kind of track record at courses. Uh, but me, it's like I've played good on really long courses that have a lot of rough. I've played good when it's soaking wet. I've played good when it's firm and fast. I've played good every single place. Um, and 
then I've also played bad places where I've gone into the week going like, man, this course is perfect for me. Like the only place I think in five years I've never made the cut is in his And it's like the one course of any course out there where it's like, this is perfect for me. It's not too long. You know, they don't have the rough, crazy high, but it's Bermuda rough. So you got to like hit the fairways. You know, it's like on paper, you would think I could be in contention every time I play and I've never played good there. And then I've played really well at places like Torrey Pines, where people would typically say like, it's a bomber's course, you know, there's no way like I've, I've talked to people that are like, Oh, I don't play Torrey anymore, because I don't hit it far enough. And I'm like, I've played good there. You know, so so it's been it's just one of those things for me where I can kind of separate, you know, my love for architecture and my like professional golf. And they're just two completely different categories. And when I'm playing tournament golf, I'm just trying to play as good as I can. And then when I'm out having fun, I can kind of pay attention more and, you know, deep dive into some of those architectural aspects of the of the courses. Yeah, it's kind of more perspective, isn't it? Yeah. And just how your game's going and taking the right mental approach. That's one thing I took away. I know we played a few holes together down at the the last ringer at Dormy Club. And, uh, you dude, you're like an internal optimist. People say I'm I'm very optimistic, but I just I just loved how you know I'd hit a shot that I'd usually kind of tell myself, uh, you, you you know, bleed it off to the right that you missed on the wrong side. You're like that was so good. You're like that was so <laughs> close to being perfect, and, and it kind of changed my. I go, you know what? He's right. I, that wasn't that far off. Like where where does that come from for you? Is it like was your dad that way? Was your mom that way? I mean, you just had this this uh, 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 contagious optimism. Yeah, my dad um, always just kind of like nailed into me early. Like you just just have a good outlook on things. You know, be positive because um, it does affect you know the way you play and you know how you're carrying yourself and your attitude. And you might not think that it does, but certain things like that can kind of change around or, you know, it might not change what the ball is actually going to do, but it can kind of affect how you are controlling the ball, you know, when you're hitting it or, or, you know, if you, if you really feel like you were close to something, you're hitting a good shot and you go up to your next shot that's in a tough spot, you might have like a little bit of a different attitude and give it a little more focus. Like that was so good. Like, you know, I could chip this in because, you know, I almost did that. So it's one of those things. I I was always really good at it. I felt like during college and kind of like growing up my first uh, few years on tour and then I got away from it a little bit, you know, got into that kind of like, woe is me, you know, attitude. And I didn't play as good. So definitely got back to it the last couple of years and just tried to have that positivity and, and just try and have fun. I think a lot of us need that for our own golf games. Um, so I put together a little, uh, I guess you'd call it a speed round. Um, just some hypotheticals that I thought would be fun. Uh, so here we go. <laughs> so y- you have a lot of fun on the golf course. Maybe more fun than, than most uh so so here's my question in your eyes what is the most fun golf shot to hit um to me it's either kind of like that full swing flop or i always enjoy like a long iron trying to hit like a high fade um i don't always pull either of them off but when you do they're pretty exciting is uh how often are you hitting the the full flopper 
not that often and probably less often, like if it matters, but I will say I hit one this year in Puerto Rico that, um, like full as hard as I could swing straight up in the air, like a long, long flop and almost made it. And the people in my group were like, dude, that was like one of the best shots I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but it, it was, again, I was kind of like out of contention a little and it didn't really matter, but I pulled it off, which was cool. You know, throw that in the memory bank. You might need it down the road. I'll tell you what, man, I'm so with you on the full flop. I think it's the best shot in golf. It's definitely the shot that people talk about if you pull off the, the yeah. most. Like yeah. it sits it sits with people. Yeah. And it's sure. it's a and it's definitely a hit to hit. Mm-hmm. Um all right. So being kind of in this quarantine slash isolation time, you know, everything feels like groundhog day in a in a way. Uh, which had me thinking, if you had to play the same golf course every day for the rest of your life, uh, where are you playing? Probably national. Um, there are St. Andrews would be some good options. Um, Cypress points, a pretty good one. You get a lot of different looks and, you know, a lot of different fun holes. So, uh, I mean, I'll go with my like first answer though. Probably national. I see the windmill on the wall in the background there. <laughs> yeah. Shout yeah, out some, Dave Baisden. Yeah. There's <laughs> some Baisden beauties back there, man. You could, you could pick any, any course on that wall and it probably would apply to that. Yeah. Yeah. That had all of them. Cypress, Cypress up there, the old course and national Pine Valley would be maybe in there, but I wouldn't want to get beat up that bad. (laughs) There could be some tough days out there. At least at (laughs) national, you're going to have like fun. You're going to go make birdies. Like you just are anybody out there is going to, going to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Same question, but this time, Uh, Let's just pretend there's a a World Health Organization order that all golf courses are shut down. No one can play around the globe, but you're still allowed to walk your dog around the golf course. So you're not playing it, but was it Piper or Teddy? You have two dogs, right? Yeah, Teddy and Piper. Yep. So you can walk Teddy and Piper around one golf course, uh, but you can't play it. Where Where are you walking? Probably Pebble Beach. Yeah. Nice. Um, my friend's there right now and he was sending me pictures of him and his kid riding their bikes down like, you know, seven and eight and, you know, <laughs> down. and he's like, yeah, he just thinks it's like a normal bike ride. He doesn't have any idea. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're playing yeah. like, so that's a, that's a pretty good land. one. You know, you get, you get so many of those cool looks, 18, 17, yeah, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That would be a pretty, That'd be a pretty nice walk. Yeah, I th- I like that question because I I got a five year old golden retriever and we always go out to the the golf course. I think like good routings, good golf courses are just great walks. What would yours be? You know, I always up there for a good walk is Mid Pines. For okay, me. I freaking love Mid Pines. A lot, you know, subtle undulation and uh, uh, elevation change, but. I just think it's just such a perfect walk. Yeah, it's a cool spot. Yeah. Uh, do your dogs go to the golf course? Are they are they good golf dogs? And that's a weird uh, question. Teddy, Teddy is. Um, Piper hasn't been out as much. Um, she doesn't really travel. We take Teddy a little bit, um, but Teddy is really good, and he'll just he won't chase the ball or anything. He'll sit there and just hang out until you want him to go. But. Uh, uh, our our country club's a little like 
not not for that as much so it kind of sucks but hopefully uh that's another reason to get tbc going sooner rather than later hopefully uh take the dogs out make it a dog friendly place love it i'll tell here's what i want to do my um mother-in-law <laughs> trains therapy dogs okay and uh so i've talked to her about our our dog gypsy's misbehavior on the golf course you know, chasing balls, barking. She barks almost perfectly in the back of on backswings every time. <laughs> like she'll be dead silent. And as soon as you get to the top, she's just yapping at you. So I've told her about this. She's like, well, it's just training. You know, you just got to kind of get her comfortable with the process and how it all yeah. works. And so I kept thinking, I'm like, man, I bet you there's a lot of people that need to train their dog for golf so that yeah. they can actually have them out there, you know? So if TBC needs dog, dog training. training. I like that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, all right. Final uh, speed round question here. So like with COVID and all this that's going on, I know the PGA Tour had talked a little bit about alternative formats, you know, small version formats, maybe match play, stuff like that. You, sir, are very creative when it comes to alternative formats. I've seen them in action uh, at the Ringer and, and others. Uh, so my question is, if you could take one alternative format from the ringer or when you're playing with your buddies and you could bring it to the PGA Tour, uh, what format would it be? Uh, honestly, the the format that we have for this ringer coming up might be like the GOAT format. Um, three pins, uh, you play 27 holes and you have to play to each pin one time. Um, you don't have to choose, but you know they get eliminated. So you, you might hit it right next to the middle pin on one, and if you putt to the middle pin, that pin's out for the next time. And you might hit it tight there the next time, but you can't use it. So I think it'll kind of, I, I think it'll do a lot of fun things, especially with the green complexes um, you see on tour. There are some, there are some uh, courses where it would be really cool where you could see a lot of strategy kind of being brought into golf in general. Um, so I'm excited to see how that one goes at the ringer, but that would be a cool one, I think, for people to watch because you could um, you would see so many different looks and see a lot of people playing different. And it would be fun to kind of talk to people to see what their strategy would be going into it. And uh it should it should provide a lot of exciting last um like final nine holes of of that format oh, <laughs> I, I i'm just now thinking of like i i think my strategy might be to get the ejection pin out of the way at least try and hit it there and if it's yeah. tight yeah it, it'll I, be interesting I'm, I'm interested i think you'll see I mean, I'm pretty confident you'll see some scores that are just absurdly low the first nine. Um, oh, yeah. But I think you might see just some mass ejections on the final nine. I'm a little worried about pace of play for that final nine because, you know, we're, we're definitely going to – I don't know if we're going to get, like, stupid with the pin, but uh, – there will definitely be like a tougher pin on each green. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think pace of play is going to be fantastic on the first couple as well, because you're going to have, you know, four or five people playing <clears throat> and they can play to different holes and, you know, not have to worry about waiting on someone to finish out to a hole that's, you know, 40 feet away. So I think that'll be cool. Yeah. 
That's awesome, man. That is so cool. Uh, you could always implement the USGA's net net double bogey now, or whatever okay. the new new rules are stating. Yeah, <laughs> pick it um, up. <laughs> uh, my money's on Jim Hartzell, by the way, for <laughs> for that ringer. No uh, I, I'm throwing my money part. on Solly. The guy is like a menace out at Sweetens Cove. He just owns that place. He he locks in. He definitely <laughs> locks in. Uh, you, you just remind me of another question I want to ask you. You know, being a fan of architecture, places like Sweetens Cove, places you've been so many so many cool places. Um, what course would you like to see end up on the PGA Tour? Oh man. Um, <clears throat> I'm excited to see LA Country Club for the US Open in a couple of years. Also excited to see Brookline, I think next year or in a, two years or something. Those are two places I'm looking forward to. Um, God, what's a place that... I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, I would like to see... It would be cool. I mean, it's obviously very hypothetical. Um, it would be cool to see, uh, Seminole post the, uh, the Honda. I think you would see a lot of really good scores, but you would see a lot of really, really bad scores. Why, why is that? Well, there's just like so much disaster around that place. And if the wind blows, you would see a crazy, crazy, like you could see a you could see a draw just get absolutely screwed where they get high winds in the afternoon and then it might blow the next morning and you might see that other group just get no wind, you know, one of the one of the days and get a little the next day. And like I said, there's just disaster on every hole with where, you know, where they could put some pins. And I think it would be it would be pretty crazy to see for sure. Uh, that would be fun. There's a reason that member guest down there gets, uh, you know, a master's like field. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so, something I was talking to just some of your buddies from Utah actually about uh, when I when I got to play with them, and uh, great collection of people, by the way. <laughs> what a troop of of old school friends you have. Uh, they get they get along well with my old with the buddies I grew up with. Um, but, you know, I think it's you're rare in a lot of ways. But one that I always think about is really good players are mostly just consumers. And I mean that by, you know, they see a golf course, they play the course, they they see the game, they play the game. You do you do that right You're every weekend, week out, you're doing that. But you're also a creator in that you create games, you create communities, you create a golf course. Um have you ever thought about that, that you are in, in a haystack of, you know, kind of consumers that really make their, their game so uh, one-dimensional that you have these, this creative side to you, this creator side? I mean, do you, do you ever think about how rare that is? In, yeah, in I mean, I, I see it. Um, there are a lot of guys out there that love golf and play a lot. And, but like you said, there is a lot that just like they play because they're really good at it. And when they go home, they kind of want nothing to do with it. And they go do their family thing or other things they like. Um, for me, it's just 
I've always been around the game. My dad, like I said, you know, we grew up, he owned and operated golf courses. So we grew up right on golf courses. Um, I've always been around it, playing it my whole life. And it's just something that I just really love doing. Um, like I love golf, love playing. Doesn't matter if I'm out. Like I was telling this the other day, somebody was asking, do I ever play with like random people? I mean, I've met so many friends like that people that are my friends now, just like randomly on like a Wednesday out at like a PGA tour stop going and playing like the cool course around there, meeting people and just asking, you know, if I could go play with them or whatever. So I'm definitely like a rare breed there that I was telling that to somebody on tour and they were like, I would never, ever do that. Like, I can't believe you do that. And I was like, I've met like a lot of my really good friends doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> it is different, but it's fun. I, I enjoy it. And I just, I just like golfing. It's so apparent that you do. And, uh, <laughs> I think that's what so many, many of us enjoy about you. Um, with, with your group of close friends or you, you got a lot, but, uh, let's take the Utah guys as an example. Like, what's your perfect? Let's say it's an off weekend. You're you're not playing on tour. Uh, what's your perfect golf weekend with the buddies? I mean, the ringer's pretty dialed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, honestly, we play a lot. I'm really lucky because, and I don't know why it's this way, but like, I would say ninety percent of my friends that like my actual people I talk to on a day-to-day -day basis are like plus handicaps. So I can always get a game with people that are really good, which is fun. Not that it's not fun to play with people that aren't good, but it, it, you know, it inner, you know, it, it makes me a little more engaged in what's going on, you know, when the person can actually like beat me. Um, and all of my friends, I would say on a good day, have that ability which is fun so i mean we just get out play a lot just sun up till sundown i know when when i'm down in saint george have another big group of friends down there that just very willing to come out and play all day which is cool and then i mean i like to putt a lot too me and my one of my good friends growing up i mean we would go out and we'd slough school and we'd play 18 holes and then we would putt until you couldn't even see you know we'd have to turn the car lights on so that I always enjoy like a nice little putting game after a round too. That's golf too. You know, the short, short stuff is, is definitely a big part of it. <laughs> um, and, and I bet you those buddies all gear up to beat you too. Like that's, I know for me, I mean, as a scratch golfer that's played with plenty of buddies that have made it on many tours and some have gotten to the big, the big show. Uh, every time I get back together with them, man, I am looking to take them down. Like I'm going to bed earlier. I'm trying to eat better the night before. And I know you guys aren't, you guys are just like, Oh, I'm playing with the buddies, but it's, it's gotta, it's gotta be helpful, right. To have that group that kind of pushes you that wants to, wants to compete. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not your typical person. Like I'm very fine taking my friend's money if I win and they, <laughs> they love taking mine, but, uh, I, I like winning at everything and I'm very, very competitive. So like, there's no, yeah, I'm just going to go hang out. Like I'm trying to like beat the shit out of them. <laughs> I think it's such a good lesson too, that you can, you can be competitive you can try to beat the shit out of everyone you play with, 
and you can still be a good guy and you can be fun to be around. And it's like, you've, you're a good example there, Zach. Yeah. Uh, all right. I know you got other stuff to do, man. Um, continue cleaning that closet and raising some money. Uh, but before we let you go, I I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this, because the, the tagline of our podcast is untold stories in golf. And it's not every day we have a member of the PGA tour on. So is there any untold story from your time on tour uh, that you could share with us or maybe something that just us golf fans that watch the tour may not know? I mean, honestly, like the one thing, I mean, this is probably not very good. I'll try and think of another one too, but I think the main thing is just how many good guys there are out there. You know, even the people that, the media kind of portrays as these like villains and these guys that aren't good. Like they're all really nice. Like everybody, you know, all those guys, like I would never have a problem going and playing golf with or being paired with. So I think that's kind of the biggest, you know, thing that you hear that every time I go home and like watch a broadcast and hear something, I was like, I can't, why do they say that? It's so dumb. Like that person. But, uh, um, God, is it like you want me to tell like a story or something? I, I know. I mean, I, I was I was hoping it was like, yeah, I got in a fist fight with so and so in the locker room at Sawgrass. <laughs> I man, what are some good stories? I'm like pretty boring, unfortunately, and I just kind of like go play and then get out of there. But uh, man, I'm so sorry. This is so bad. I, I mean. I have a good, like, I'm sure so many people have heard it, but it is a funny one about me playing the U.S. Open one year. And, uh, you know, I was out there on a Sunday with Justin Thomas and Ernie Els, and we got to, like, the 15th hole. And uh, uh, my mom, my dad, my wife showed up, and they were like, we should go to the merchandise tent before um, everything gets kind of, like, picked over for the week. And we just had, like, two wedges and a putter. And so we roll over, I told those guys I was taking off and uh, we rolled over to the merchandise tent and the like security guard at the front door was like, Hey there, sport, look at you. You're a big time golf fan. You brought your clubs out and everything. And I was like, you know, meanwhile, I'm like, I had just qualified for the biggest tournament in the world, like in my opinion. And, you know, so I would say I get that a lot. Like people, Hey, Hey, you can't go in there. No, no. And then, you know, you have to show them your credential and they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But stuff like that happens, which, which is pretty funny, but I wish I, I wish I had some better ones about people. You know, that was, that was pretty good. I think think, speakers in the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) No, like you said, I think the real people, they're good people most of the time. So I'm I'm fine with, I'm I'm fine with that answer. And I love that story. Uh, I have heard it before of you at the open, which uh, it just, it's great, man. I doubt that would have happened to big earn if he would have been with you, you know, maybe that, but I just thought it was so funny. I mean, yeah, I was like, (laughs) I can see you being good in those situations too. That might rub a couple of people the wrong way, but I can see you rolling with it just fine. Uh, sometimes. Well, well, Zach, thanks, man. I appreciate you joining us, giving us, uh, giving us some golf um, creation to to keep our minds occupied. Why a lot of us, especially us here in Illinois, can't play. Uh, it's your your passion for the game. Like I I said a couple times, it's contagious, and it's so great to root for you. It's so fun. 
to see how you interact as a game, how you interact with other people, and uh, keep it up, man. We, we love uh, we love being a part of it. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on.